because all scripture is God-breathed. We know that. And, um, but anyway, I just um, thought this was a good chapter to talk about when we talk about um, the idea of healing. And uh, God is, is here to heal all of our wounds. And um, he, James talks about um, God's healing. And it's a return to his main theme of faith. It's faith all the way throughout. How, how to live a faithful life as a Christian. How to have continued faith in Jesus Christ. And here he finishes off with the prayer of faith. And tells us to continue on in faith even in the midst of struggle. Beginning at verse 13 it says this. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who was sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruits. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and brings someone back, um, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we just ask God that you add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. And Father, help us to receive it today. In your name I pray. Amen. I've seen God work in ways that I cannot explain. I've seen things that I cannot explain, and I think, it, and I think those things that happen, I, I attribute to God. Th things that I've seen God do in the lives of people, especially healing. I had a cousin years ago, um, back in the late 80s, or early 90s, that, that area, and um, he um, uh, had a drug overdose. And uh, he, um, you know, they, they tried to wake him up to get him out of the house, and what they did, um, stupidly was give him a, a shot of insulin which of course dropped his blood sugar down, down to around 20 and he almost died and uh, you know he was there in the hospital in a coma on a respirator and uh, you know his, his brain activity was still there thank, thank the Lord um, but he was you know, uh, there in a coma for several days not, be able, not able to breathe on his own completely uh, dependent on the respirator and um, a lot of um, um, his uh, father's side of the family, you know, that they, they were, um, you know, faithful Christians, faithful believers, that they, they were praying for him. Um, you know, uh, mom and, and dad were, you know, believers in Jesus Christ and faithful people, and we were all praying for him. And uh, we finally decided, you know, to go and, and visit and, um, and, and, and be with mom's sister and uh, to pray for her and, and to pray for. Um, our, my mom's nephew and my cousin. And so they said, you know, let, let Dad and John go in and, and lay hands on him and pray for him. And so we walked in to the room that there, laid hands on him and prayed for him. And uh, Dad just prayed the simple words, wake up in the name of Jesus. 
And so we walked out of, of that hospital room, and then his sister followed us. She went in next to, to see him for a little bit. All of a sudden, the nurse comes in and said, you know what, he's starting to breathe on his own. Now, you can say what you want to <laughs> about coincidence. You can say what you want to. But that, I, I, I believe that that was the power of prayer. And I, and I believe, and it's, it's not just um, my, my power or dad's power, it's God's power. The power of prayer is as powerful as it is working, it says here. The prayer of faith is powerful as it is working. But we live in an age of um, scientism and of rationalism. And when I say that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the rational mind. Our rational minds um, are what help us interpret God's word and, and help us to know God. Um, but the problem is, is that we, we've said that, that um, our minds are all that there is and that our rational thought is, is, how we, is the only way that we can interpret the world. And, the only, and scientism says the only thing that's real is the material world. And that the only way that, that you can discern the material world is, is, is by experimentation. Um, you know, you, you, you learned about all the different ways of, um, of uh, uh, observations and um, experimentation and then interpretation, deduction. All those kinds of things. Using the five senses to, to study the world and study nature. People have said for so long that that's all that there is. There's no such thing as a supernatural power. And uh, we are also um, living in an age of what I call nihilism. Um, Nihil is, is just N-I-H-I-L. just means nothing. That's what it means. It means zilch, zero, nada. <laughs> it means nothing. In other words, um, when, when we die, there's nothing beyond this world. This material world is it. And that, that we're all heading to, to destruction. We're all heading to... Um, you know, a, a death, and, and that's the end of us. And therefore, you know, because of that, there's really no, no true meaning or purpose in the world. But I have to believe that there is a, a God in heaven. And I have to believe that, that there is a God who, who is watching over us, who's caring for us. I've seen Him work way too many times not to believe it. And, and, and I've seen his, his promises in, in, in His Word and how He worked in, in God's, uh, in, in, in the Old Testament times and in New Testament times. God is real and His faith, is, and faith in Him still, He rewards us. But even Bible-believing Christians have fallen into the modernist, scientism kind of trap that says that um, the Holy Spirit no longer continues to, to do the gifts. Not, not the gifts of healing, not the gifts of, of prophecy, not the gifts of tongues. That those things um, supposedly ended with the apostles. And therefore, the, there, there are no more um, healing, physical healings of the Holy Spirit. It's all um, based in, in doc, what doctors and scientists can do. And I, I think what, what, what these believers tend to do is they put God's Holy Spirit into a box. One of the other things that they tend to do, too, is they'll use the charismatic movement to defame the power of the Holy Spirit, to, to defame the healing, because the, you know, a lot of the charismatic Pentecostal movement um, you know, tends to overemphasize the gifts, I think. And, and sometimes, you know, you get, I mean, you've seen them. I don't have to say a whole lot about it. You, you, you see these guys getting monetary gain off of people suffering in pain. And um, 
I was joking with Dylan um, earlier. Said I forgot to bring my coat with me so I could smack some people in the head with it and they'll fall backwards. Um, <laughs> but that is not that, that that is a circus, and I want you to understand that 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 is not what what God's spiritual healing is all about. But God's word clearly teaches that the Holy Spirit continues to work in the lives of believers and not just for our, our salvation and not just for the sanctifying work that He does and the transforming power, but, but the gifts of healing are still in play here and God's desire is for His people to be healed and in more ways than just one. In more ways than just one. So James, you know, again, the leader of the Jerusalem church, the... the uh, you know, the physical um, brother of Christ. He was another son of Mary. Um, he begins his letter with um, encouraging uh, Jews who were dispersed in various areas to continue to have faith in God, to continue to be faithful to Him. And here he ends his letter also in the same kind of idea of faith, encouraging the people to pray. He talked about how they, they should live in, in, in love and in unity with each other. But, but he ends it again with, with encouraging word of faith for the people. And so he tells them here, Is there any that among you that are suffering, let him play and let, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. Is anyone sick, let him call for the elders to church and let them pray over him, anointing him with, with oil in the name of the Lord. What that tells me is, is that we need to have faith in every area of our life. Whether we're suffering, whether we're cheerful. Everything needs to be looked at the lens or looked through the lens of our faith in God. When we suffer, we know that we can turn to the Lord because He has made some, some great promises to us. He has promised healing. He promised healing um, for His people Israel, if they would be but faithful to Him. He promised healing uh, to, uh, to all the apostles if they would continue their faith in Him. Um, the prophet Isaiah, you know, when he was given his predictions of the cross of Jesus, he said that by His stripes we are healed. In other words, by the wounds that Jesus bore, both in His scourging and on the cross, <clears throat> were for the he our healing, and for the healing of the nations. Excuse me. It's that fall time of year again. But God's healing is, I mean, it was, it was promised in the Old Testament and it still continues today. He promised healing through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when you think about Jesus Christ, you know, He took on human flesh and dwelled among us. He was human in every way except in sin. He had a human nature, but never sinned. He had a human physical body, but never sinned. But nonetheless, He was a human being, and He did suffer in His body. He suffered all the, all the different kinds of mortality and, and, and decay and entropy that, that you and I as human beings go through. And, you know, He, um, he, he suffered hunger. He suffered pain. He even suffered emotionally. Um, he, he, he suffered in many ways. He, he suffered on the cross and died on the cross. Um, and, you know, he, so as, as, you know, God, 
and Jesus is very God, as God, He knows what it's like to be us. He knows what suffering is like. He experienced all the same kind of suffering that you and I do. And he, he did that in His own self. He suffered and died at the hands of wicked people. He suffered rejection. He suffered um, anger. He, he suffered um, people's spite. He suffered betrayal. All those things Jesus Himself suffered. But His ultimate purpose was to give meaning to that suffering and to bring healing to all human suffering. Jesus did that for us. And He continues to do that today through His Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said that if I leave this world, I am sending you a comforter, um, one who will come to be and dwell with you. And He promised that when He, when he spoke to His disciples in, in uh, John 15. He says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. And He will comfort you. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. <clears throat> and so that, that Spirit still stands today. The Spirit is for all the believers. When we first receive Christ as our personal Savior, when, when, when we confess our sins to Him and ask Him to forgive us, and we turn our hearts to Him, He forgives us, He cleanses us of our sins, and then it says He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. On Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the book of Acts. And, and, and in Acts, um, Paul kept encountering people who knew about um, John the Baptist and his baptism. And, and oftentimes, they would say, well, we, we know um, there's a baptism of repentance. And, and, and in one encounter in Ephesus, Paul says, well, you, you know that um, you, you know about the repentance, but do you know about Jesus? Because Jesus not only um, heals you through a baptism of repentance, He wants to baptize you in the Spirit and with fire. And in fact, John the Baptist said that too. John the Baptist, when he was baptizing him, he said, there is one coming after me who is greater than I am. He said, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes upon us when we first give our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. And we ask Him to forgive us of our sins. And the Spirit comes and dwells with us and begins <clears throat> the cleansing work that we need. And I would say, truly, that the cleansing work that the Spirit does in our hearts and lives, removing those sins from our hearts and removing that, all that old baggage from our hearts and minds, that, that in itself is, is, is the ultimate and the most important healing. The healing from sin and its sinful effects. Even in the Old Testament, when God was about to lead His people out of Egypt, the Israelites did not know God anymore. They knew of Abraham and, and, and his God but because they had lived in Egypt for so long under the oppression of these pagans and these idolaters, <clears throat> they, they had thought that the God of Abraham was just one of the other gods. And so when, when God um, heard their cries underneath that, that oppression, He remembered His promise to Abraham and, and sent Moses to try to help free the slaves. And, you know, God you know, did the ten plagues and, and rescued Israel. 
But even Israel had all of the, all these years of baggage of, of sin that, that needed to be worked out. And in fact, they, they continued to rebel against God at certain times. They, they rebelled against Moses. But God, in His patience, continued to work with them. Um, he, he, he used Moses and, 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 and all the signs that He gave them in order to heal them of their lack of faith, of, 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 of their um, idolatry. And, you know, he, it, it took him years. In fact, it took 40 years in the wilderness for that generation to die out and a new generation to come up that would be faithful to the Lord. But God still stuck with them all through those 40 years trying to work out that baggage. Well, that's the same thing that happens with, with us. When we're forgiven of our sins and, and God cleanses us and gives us a new life in Him, <clears throat> we, you and I still have all of that physical and emotional baggage because of our past sins, God's Spirit helps to work those things out, which is why it's so important for us to um, surrender and continue to have faith in God all the way through. Salvation, yes, we, we, we pray the prayer of faith and we confess our sins and we ask Him to forgive us, but God sends His Spirit to help us to become more and more like Him, to remove the baggage and terribleness of sin, to restore the image of God in us and to help us get rid of that, that old physical and, and emotional baggage that we have built up over the years so that we can um, be in a loving relationship with Him and serve Him as He's asked us to. We need to have um, faith in God in all of our areas of life. Whether we're suffering um, pain, physical pain, um, or, or um, a, a, an illness. We need to continue to have faith in Him. If, if, if we're suffering hard financial times, we need to continue to have faith in Him. And if, 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 if we're suffering emotional losses or grief, we need to turn to Him in faith and seek His help. Because God has promised to help us. And if nothing else, if, if, if we don't get the answer to, to the prayer that, that we're, we're looking for, what we need to do is put our trust in Him because He's promised to be with us and, and, and to guide us and to help us. We might not get the answer that we want, but God gives us the answer that we need always. Always. And He is... He, he's there to help us. And he, the main way He communicates with us is, is through His Holy Spirit. Um, and, 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 I, and I would say that, that the, the Word, which is inspired by the Spirit, um, is, is part of that and, and an important part of that because um, we need to know the truth about the Spirit before we can begin to understand the voice of the Spirit when He, when he speaks to us. This Word helps us to, to make sure that we're matching what we're hearing God telling us must match up with this because this is God's infallible word inspired by His Spirit. But I believe that the Spirit works directly in believers' hearts and He is working in our hearts today to, to um, heal us of, of, the, of all the past and all the baggage and help us to be more and more like God the Father. And we could not do that in and of ourselves. We needed God's Spirit to be with us in order to do that. And the only way that we can have God's Holy Spirit is to surrender to the Son, Jesus Christ. Ask for His forgiveness. Ask Him to help us.
the Reverend John Wesley believed in God's continued direct healing for people. And, you know, I think there, 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 there's really five ways that we ought to look at um, God's healing. There, there are five ways in which he heals, all of which Wesley mentions and affirms. And this comes from an article um, on the Seedbed website, I mean, no, Firebrand website, um, by an um, author named Stephen Siemens. And I, and I love what he says here. These are the different ways in which God heals. Number one. Jesus heals directly and supernaturally the the miracle of supernatural touch. And that's what James 5 is talking about here. When when we pray the prayer of faith, it's not necessarily the anointing oil, but it's it's the prayer of faith. And and the elders of the church lay hands on you and pray in faith, believing that there is a supernatural touch of God that happens in that. So number one, there was a direct supernatural work. Jesus heals through doctors and medicine. He does that. The miracle of modern medicine. Modern medicine is a miracle. And, 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 and even John Wesley wrote a medical book, and he was not a medical doctor. What he did do was research because he wanted to help the members of, of the Methodist church have the best health that they could have. And so he researched a whole bunch of different um, uh, modern medicine of the time and, and how, how to um, even self-treat when you didn't have a doctor around. And he wrote a book about it. It's part of his um, works that he did. So the, the miracle of modern medicine is number two. Number three, um, the body's own healing power is a miracle. The miracle of nature. You know, do- doctors know how to manipulate our bodies, but, but they, they can't create healing within the body. The body is the thing that creates the healing and, and, and without the, 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 the body's natural functions, um, it, it cannot heal. I mean, no, no medicine can heal without the body's natural function. So not number three, if he, he, there's the miracle of nature. Our human bodies are able to heal. Number four, the bestowing of grace in suffering, sufficient grace. God's grace is all that we really need when we're suffering. The Apostle Paul talked about um, an eye problem that he had. He called it a thorn in his flesh. And he said, three times I asked the Lord to take it away. And the Lord responded, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in weakness. So Jesus heals us through his grace. Through sufficient grace. The grace that is all that we need. And it covers a multitude of areas of our lives. But, but, both our, our emotional and, and spiritual healing from, from the effects of sin and, 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 and the effects of our physical body. And then lastly, and this is the one that, that's a hard pill to swallow, but I talk about it quite a bit, actually, is that Jesus heals through victorious dying. Now, how in the world is death a victory? Well, for the believer, it means that we're crossing over into a new life with Him. And and we will stand before Him glorified in in, in a new body that that, that is free from diseases, free from the physical pain, free free from the emotional and spiritual 
um, uh, problems and, and pain. To be in His presence. To be with Him forever. To experience um, His love and grace. And only believers in Jesus Christ, only those who have asked for forgiveness of their sins, only those who have surrendered to Him and have continued in faith all the way till the end, will be able to have a victorious death. Jesus Himself was the first person to have a victorious death. He suffered and died in a horrific way, but in three days He rose again to new life. But Jesus is the firstborn from among the dead. And that eternal life is promised to all of us if we believe in Him. And so what we do, you know, the, those five miracles of healing, we continue to trust in God in prayer. We, we, because we know that God heals in different ways, it doesn't, the outcome isn't so much the, the question. The outcome isn't the question. The question is whether or not God can be trusted and whether or not we can place our hands into God's hands. And we can always do that. So we continue to pray in faith for our healing and for the healing of other people. We continue to pray for the forgiveness of sins. And, and James even says here, pray for one another. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. Now that's difficult to do. But that's why discipleship is so important. Not just here on Sunday, week after week, on a Sunday morning, but getting together into small groups and studying God's Word together and, 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 and talking to each other and praying for each other. Wednesday nights we're doing what's called 5Q Discipleship. And um, it, it involves, um, number one, the Scriptures. Number two, adoration or worship of Jesus. And number three is always confession or change. What, what do I need to change about myself based on this word? And that's very, very important if, if we're going to continue on in faith and grow as believers. So continue to seek forgiveness of sins and then he says to go and pray for other people because if you restore someone to the faith who, ha who has become wayward, he says, then, then you have saved yourself and, and, and your reward will be great. So we need to continue on praying in faith for our healing, praying in faith for the forgiveness of sins, praying with each other, and then also praying for those who have gone wayward, who have lost their faith in Christ. And one of the ways that we keep our faith going and, and we keep um, looking towards Him, is to enjoy communion together, which Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Lord, I want to pray right now and bless these elements that are before us. Bless them, Lord, to our physical and spiritual healing, Lord. And we ask, God, that you would help us, Father, to see you high and lifted up, Help us to reflect on our own sins and seek your forgiveness, Lord. And God bless us today as we partake in this communion together in remembrance of your suffering and death and of your resurrection, Lord, and the promise of your future kingdom, which you would um, enjoy this meal with us in, in, in the glorious marriage supper of the Lamb, Lord. Help us today, Lord. In your name I pray.
Amen. I'm going to ask Dylan and